This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. 98 underscore 7 FM along with Harvey. Yes, my Devils won in overtime again. And Joe Leo, we're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN here in New York. Hello, Mr. Money Man. Hey, Larry. How are we feeling, my friend? Oh, not as good as you. Well, everything turns out. Some Once in a while, you, you, yeah. you find a way. I, did, did you get my text last night? I some did. Money. Yep, I did get it. I didn't want to text it. You never know if, uh, if uh, by the time I saw the text, uh, no, it's okay. some sound effects go off and somebody wakes up someplace. So yeah. I said, uh, you want me knocking on You didn't want me knocking on your door saying I need a place to sleep? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know how that goes sometimes. You hit one wrong button, all of a sudden something starts playing, blaring at uh, full yeah. volume and everything else. That's it. So. Yeah, it's not good. But I thought about you last night. I, I rode with your partner. There you I go. I stayed up, rode with you, gave you the good vibes, and I hear Don's on the road. Try, yeah, uh, he's got another one tonight. tonight. I did not see the one tonight. I did not get in on the one tonight. But, uh, yeah, well, look, he is Donnie Pucks. So That's right. He was cool. He was cold for a while. He was ice cold for a while. So almost like the Knicks, right? They they yes. they, they have their, their tough stretches, and when it's bad, it's really bad. But when it's good, it's pretty good, and tonight was pretty good. Tonight was was really good. Uh, you're right about the tough stretches. It was, it was an entertaining game. It was a stressful game, but it was an entertaining game. And listen, Gordon, you know, look, he drives you crazy when he dribbles into the double team late. <laughs> he drives you crazy, but Gordon, he is playing extremely well right now. I mean, 36 points in 38 minutes, another double digit rebounding. I mean, what can you say about it? Julius Randle's playing really good basketball right now? Uh, as great as. Um... Jalen Brunson has been as much as you might like uh, R.J. Barrett or uh, Julius Randle's the next star. He is their star. So until they get a bigger star than him, he's the star of the team. And tonight, again, for all the people who will complain about Julius Randle, oh, you can't win with them. You're not going to go anywhere with them. He's what you got right now, and he's playing really well. And it felt like two years ago was an aberration, and it was never going to happen again. He's back to that kind of level again. Now, maybe the next ceiling is what we kind of talked about last night, where the ceiling might be sixth in the East, but you would take that. And mm-hmm. and Julius Randle doing everything he can, 36 points tonight, had eight three-pointers, 13 rebounds, really stepping up, and there were some ugly moments down the stretch again. Mm-hmm. No question about that, but some defense. Uh, Hartenstein coming up big, literally mm-hmm. big, in, in, yeah. the, in the closing seconds. Had a big dunk at one point as well when the Knicks yep. were desperate for some offense, so... Hey, this going into this stretch, we're saying, how can you steal a couple of wins? Tonight, it felt like the Knicks kind of stole a win. Yep, no question about it. And see, Gordon, going back to what we talked about last night, see, for Knicks fans, it's games like tonight, right? Where you play a very good Cleveland Cavalier team, you start out big, you know, everybody makes a run in the NBA, you know that, and then you hold on late and you win a game at home. Wow, that's news. And so you're looking at this scenario, you're like, see, they could be good. See, Gordon, this is the games that pull you in as a fan. Sure. See, see we, could, we could be the fourth seed. We could be the fifth seed. These are the games you just say, you know what? Don't worry about standings right now. Just enjoy the game. Just enjoy what you're seeing right now and, and have fun with the, with the win because, you know, this is a tough stretch for them, and we'll see how they do. Yeah, and I think this is the second time they beat the Cavs, right? So, yeah, they can beat, mm-hmm. they can beat teams that are ahead of them every once in a while in the standings. Unfortunately, when you're inconsistent like the Knicks are, you're going to lose some games to teams that you're better at, like Toronto is a perfect example, or some other games earlier this year. So 
Um, you, you take them when you can get them. I think that all things equal out in the end, and this is kind of where the Knicks hopefully are going to be at, where there are a few games over 500 throughout the season, but it did feel like it was going the other way, you know, when you lead by 11 with about eight minutes to go, and, and all of a sudden that lead is, is dwindling down, and then even after um, Brunson made the couple of free throws, to I think it was a five-point lead, uh, it, it felt like it was still, oh, here we go again, mm-hmm. but to get one of these wins finally and to get one of them at home because yeah. this is where they've generally blown them, uh, good to see, and an important win for them tonight. It is, it is. And obviously, as you mentioned, Hardenstein was big in this game, Gordon. He, especially in the fourth quarter, played the whole fourth quarter, um, made some big plays. Obviously, the last uh, you know, block, a block shot on uh, Spider was was huge there. And mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell, you know, had the slow start, Gordon, but he, he he's a fourth quarter guy. You saw he just got more energetic and rolling and rolling. He made a couple of bad plays, but listen, he, he's a finisher. And, you know, he, he, almost, he almost brought him back. Absolutely. And um, I thought uh, Jared Allen was really good for them. Mm-hmm. Garland was really good for them. So they uh, they're a good, a good team. team. They're, they're a more ta- a perfect example. Look at tonight. Are the Knicks as talented as the Cavaliers? No. I don't think so. No. no. I think clearly you no. would say no. And if you were drafting the, the two teams from the players on the floor tonight, might be a couple of guys on the Cavaliers you take before you take one of the Knicks. So to get a win like this at home, pull one out in the end, uh, important for them, especially going into this big stretch and, and knowing you're not going to have, you know, Mitchell Robinson to get quickly back tonight was important. I thought he yes. gave you some good minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and right now you need as many minutes as you can get off that bench because the bench was big tonight, but I don't know how many nights you're going to get that kind of production out of the bench. And finally, Kevin Love did not kill the Knicks coming off the bench. I mean, he just lights the Knicks they up. Generally, yeah. Oh, he only only took one shot in twelve minutes. So that was, and it was a three, and he missed it. So that that was that was good. You know that that gave you, as a Knicks fan, you're like, oh, okay, oh, Kevin Love's not hitting shots. Hey, well, great. But uh, once again, listen for for a game here tonight for what you were expecting. <clears throat> excuse me, and and the way they played, especially at home, Gordon, you will run with this one. <laughs> you Absolutely, will run and take it. Absolutely. No question about it. You take everyone you can get right now. And, um, you know, as we get closer to the trade deadline, we'll see what other tweaks come along. Um, mm-hmm. Because I don't think like it was great that you got the production that you got out of your bench tonight. I mean, they got nothing out of their bench tonight. Did, did, did anybody even score off the bench? Did Rubio score off the bench? They didn't get a lot of points. Uh, off Rubio, the bench. Yeah, Rubio was uh, Rubio hit a three. Mm-hmm. And uh, Karis Levert, the former net. Oh, right. Yeah. he Nine right, points in 21 bench, minutes. Right. That was sure. it. Yeah, that was it. Only twelve points off the bench for them, and the Knicks. Uh, you know, Toppin had eleven in ten minutes. Hardenstein had four. McBride had three, and quickly had nine. Okay, so look, the, so they got the, a the little bench bit, came a little up big tonight. Up. Yeah, so I don't know how many nights you're going to get production like that, but you needed it because Brunson was not his his typical self tonight. Mm-hmm. R.J. Barrett struggled certainly. That that last possession the Knicks had. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was about as bad a possession. As you could have between Randall, his shot, it gets knocked out. You think, oh, my goodness, it got knocked right to R.J. Barrett. He's standing all alone for three, and he can't even hit the rim. No. That he was bar- he, he barely got the net. Yeah. That <laughs> the was, front of the net. It almost, hit the, it almost went out on the baseline, you know. And so it was, you know, scary moments. But once again, as I said, Gordon, entertaining game because I had back and forth, and I think that's part of what we're saying. Now, look, let Gordon, we have to clarify for our audience because, you know, they, they don't hear too well sometimes. We're not saying this is a championship Nick team. No. But what we are, and we're not saying that Julius Randle is the MVP of the league. 
No. But what we are saying is that for right now, what you have, if he continues to play this way, it makes everybody else's job easier on this team, and he gives you a better chance to win. The question becomes, Gordon, you know, 38 minutes again tonight, which is easy. Normally he plays 40. So 38 minutes tonight, how long can he continue to exert that effort and exert that energy and continue to be effective? See, that's the question you have, and where do they start to try to monitor his minutes where you try to sit in maybe a little long if you can right before the first half ends? So, Gordon, you know, he gets the first half, then he gets the, the halftime, and then you can mm-hmm. bring him back in. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's little ways that coaches steal minutes from their, from their, you know, their, their primetime guys so that you keep them fresh, especially in the fourth quarter. And, and when that's happening, and Barrett's out there with the, the, uh, the bench, it's, it's really time for Barrett to kind of step up. I yeah. mean, when you take a look at things, ways that this Knicks season, as good as it's been, you know, three games mm-hmm. over 500, uh, 50 games into the year, basically, I, I think one big way would be if R.J. Barrett could get back to playing like we kind of expect R.J. Barrett to play like, because he really yeah. has not done that consistently all year. Uh, no. So hopefully that comes about, and if that comes about, that would also take a little bit of pressure off everybody else. It definitely would, and he's got to loosen up a little bit too, Gordon, because there were some stretches in this game where he kind of lost everybody else. <laughs> he was just looking for himself, and people were standing around. They're not sure what he's going to do. Nobody's moving, and that's that's when they get in trouble, right? That's when there's no ball movement, and you've got one guy dribbling, and it becomes a dribbling exhibition, and people just don't know what you're doing. So they don't know whether to move. They're just standing and watching, and that's when you get in trouble, and that's when their offense just comes to a, to a complete stop. And he's got to realize that it's about the ball movement. Yeah, I know you think you need you need points in this possession, but it doesn't have to be just you. You could pass the ball and get some and be involved and, and lead to you know some points in, in the pivotal possession down the stretch. Yeah, and he, and he has been better lately overall. Uh, tonight, not so much, but um, it's just not. It just doesn't feel like he he's ever f- kind of found a, a groove this year. Mm-hmm. He's had some good games. The the game against Toronto, he was pretty good. Uh, even though they lost, he scored. I think he scored thirty in that game, um, and he scored more consistently lately. But it just doesn't mm-hmm. feel like he's really found a uh, the 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 rhythm that I would expect for him. You know, finally getting the contract done and knowing he's going to be here, and the trade rumors being done with, and mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel like he's each year since he's been here. He's kind of improved in one aspect or another. It doesn't really right. feel like he's taking that step up this year. Yeah, I agree with you. He's he's struggled. He's been up and down this year. It really has, you know, and, and it, it's funny because he didn't play the, the 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 lacerated finger messed him up too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yep. gave took him out of rhythm and everything else. So he's just trying to get back into himself. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Spike is in St. Pete. Spike, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Woo! Like an exhale. Boy, oh boy! I hope one of you guys has a computer open because uh, that's tough to watch. I mean, it's great when it turns out that way. But, Gordon, like you said last night, once in a while they're going to pull one of these out. But, boy, they make you sweat. Yeah. No, you, you can't. You can't. And and uh, initially during the game as the ebb and flow was going, I thought they were too big for us and they were going to kill us off the boards. Uh, the big guy, Ed Mobley, he's just, you know, he's throwing bricks up there. Barrett's brick was, well, look, it's what it was. You got the win, you got out of there. If I hear Billy Kennedy's voice anymore, I'm going to have nightmares. But, uh, 
Look, I'll leave you with one thing. I want to let the other guys call tonight. If the box is open, the Knicks won the game only on one statistic and only one. They made their three-point shots. I don't know what they shot, but they must have shot 40, 45%. But 51. The, uh, they, 50, okay. And, and the turnovers, the Knicks must have had 14, 15 turnovers. I don't think Cleveland had 9 or 10. Am I right? Yep, 15 for the Knicks, 10 for Cleveland. Yeah, and the boards are even. So, you know, you win the – I'm often the Knicks outshoot anyone on three points. Not very. And the play, right, there may be 10% of the games, right? So so basically the the Cleveland plays at a slow enough pace that it doesn't hurt you. Uh, But they would think, look, Randall was great again, and then here you go. I know you were thinking like I was, Larry Gordon. You know, four minutes on the clock, what's going to happen now? I guarantee you no one shot more than 70% from the free throw line. I mean, I, I don't even want to look anymore. It's just unacceptable to me when they shoot 60 65% in the NBA. But they're tired, and they stick to that stupid nine-man rotation. Cleveland's bench didn't do much, but they played a lot of guys. And, and uh, I thought LaVert was going to kill them for a while. Look. Look, Cleveland's going to finish ahead of them. Miami's going to finish ahead of them. It's going to wind up with Toronto and Chicago uh, for that 11th spot. So, like we said last night, Gordon, and you gave me credit for it, they could finish as high as eighth. That's where I see it. That's okay. Uh, I'm not happy with it. Eighth, ninth, tenth, but not 11th. Just you got to fight off Toronto and Chicago. There's some room now, but we know what can happen. But I'm going to enjoy this one. One thing I want to ask both of you, and, and, and I love an answer. Larry, you played at a pretty high level. <laughs> Using Jericho Sims at the beginning of the game on the top of the key weave, he seems useless out there. Mitchell Robinson did the same thing, but he got back to the basket a little quicker. And not that he was a better shot blocker. It's you know they both do nothing offensively. We understand that, but when he gets the handoff on the weave, it's like five against four. Am I wrong? No, you're right, Spike. Thanks for the phone call. It it is uh, because it they don't run anything for him. They, the ball doesn't really touch the center's hands. They don't use the center for any offense whatsoever. The, the, the ball runs through Brunson or uh, Randall. So really his job is just to set the screen and just move and try to get the player out and then go to the basket and try to hit the board. So that's really the, that's really what they do. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because, Gordon, we have calls where it's like, well, Mitchell Robinson has been in the league. He hasn't done anything offensively because they, they don't need him to do anything offensively. He, they, his job is get the ball off the boards, and, and, and that's what you do. Block shots, get the, balls off the, get the ball off the board. That's your offense, my friend. Rim protector. Yep. Yep. Done. That's it. That's all. And and Jericho Sims does the same thing. Um, he is a little quicker, a little more athletic than Mitchell Robinson, though. So defensively, I think you, you allow him to cheat a little bit more than you would with Robinson. But, uh, you know, nevertheless, uh, you know, he, he's played well. I, I, I like what Sims has done. You can see him growing, Gordon. You can see him getting more and more comfortable. Yeah. And, you know, getting more understanding what his role is and what he's got, what he's got to do. And he's making less mistakes. Well, let's hope so, because he's going to be getting some run here for a little while. Yeah. Uh, but No choice. Yeah, but you know, one mistake and you don't play in the fourth quarter. <laughs> oh, right. All he has to do is look down the bench and find a couple of guys who made some mistakes and have never been seen from again. We'll continue next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.
Gordon, it's funny. We haven't even thought about the draft, right? It's so rare. It is very strange. It's a little bit, uh, it's almost like an old girlfriend you used to know and you see them again and you think, oh, I, re- I remember you. Yes. It might, used to be my world after uh, Halloween, but no, not anymore. Not this year. Well, we'll get into it. Yeah, we will. We will. But I mean, it, it was, it's just, it's so much, it's great not to have to still be talking about it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not going to be big this year because the Jets and Giants actually gave you an interesting product. And it's not going to be a big deal this year because uh, the Jets are going to end up trading their draft picks this year for a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Maybe one in Aaron Rodgers. Maybe. And, and see, and so let me just say this and we'll get to the Jets in a couple of minutes. We've got a couple more calls that we're going to take on uh, the Knicks. Let's say this right away. This is not the Jets' fault. Aaron Rodgers made a comment about Zach Wilson, and now here we go. <laughs> oh, oh, trust me, it was that Aaron Rodgers talk was coming no matter what he said. Absolutely, so he's no dummy. No, he knows. You kind of get the feeling he wants to head this way, Gordon, don't you? Well, it would make a lot of sense, right? The Packers don't want to trade him in the NFC. No, they don't want to see him again. No. Now I don't not know necessarily the, but I. What AFC team needs a quarterback that's going to be in that market that has some talent to put around them? That's one team. That is one. That would <laughs> be one. one. Now, and, and I want folks to start to think about this because I just asked uh, Joe Leo this question. Even with Aaron Rodgers, no matter where, let's say he comes to the AFC, let's say it's not the Jets, but even – does Aaron Rodgers put you past Burrow and Allen and Mahomes? Is, is he, I mean, and Lamar Jackson, assuming he stays in the AFC, uh, is he enough to get you past one of those, three of those, two of those? I mean, you know, can he get you? And and we're assuming, you know, I don't know where Derek Carr is going to go. Right. I don't know. Raiders you know. would be a team that was looking for a quarterback as well. So that might Absolutely. be appealing to Rodgers, right? He gets to be yeah. with his old pal out there in, in Vegas. That would mm-hmm. be a team. Mm-hmm. But you take yeah. a look at the AFC. There's not – if it's true that Miami is sticking with Tua, it would be very hard to find the balance of team that needs a quarterback – but not a whole lot else. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Jets need other things, too. I'm not saying yes. it's just that. But right, right. Uh, they do have some talent in place, and you would figure if they could get somebody at quarterback that could actually play the position, and, and maybe even at a high level, mm-hmm. that would make a big difference. I guess it would be but in the AFC, it's the Jets, it's the Raiders, nobody else in the West. Right. The Central. The, oh, central. the North is all set. Nobody's changing there. Mm-hmm. Jaguars are set. I, I, maybe the Titans, that could be another team there. But the Colts Possibly. and Texans, they're miles away from being good. Right, yeah. So if you're saying that he's going to an AFC team, it would have to be the Titans, the Raiders, or the Jets. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be interesting. We'll talk about it in a couple of minutes. Right now, let's head back to the phones talking a little Knicks. The Knicks win. Jose can't believe it. He's in Brooklyn. He's next on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> How you guys doing? Hey, Jose. <laughs> Oh, I'm all right. You know, that, 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 that was a great segue for the Jets teaser. I'm definitely interested in that. I'm, <laughs> but as far as the Knicks, you know, it was it was definitely great to watch because I am one of those that, you know, did, that was against the trade for Donovan Mitchell. And to pretty much see this and pretty much see this win, I'm just like, hey, you know, that this it's not a great team. 
it's not a team that I don't think is going to be a great team. Great team. I just think that at best we are, are at best the sixth seed, you know, hopefully. But, you know, um, but we're definitely a play-in team. But, you know, I and I hope that we can enjoy the ride and try to, you know, get there. But I'm not, you know, too ecstatic, you know, as far as, you know, the end result. Because we all know where, where, where this is going to end. It's going to end with... Pretty much, you know, Mr. Alpha Male dribbling into double teams and us ending in a four-game sweep or five games. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Jose, but I'll say this, and thanks for the phone call. For young players, like Quickly, like Grimes, like, uh, you know, all, all the all the top end, all the guys that you have, Gordon, it means something to understand and experience postseason play, even if it's playing. Because it's different, and especially it's a one game eliminated. That's this is not a series. This whole, you know, what I'm saying, right. you, you know, this is either you win or you or you're out. So it's not a long series. So for this, it it, it adds value. So even if they're able to make it into the play in, you know, you need to have that experience. I mean, you know, quickly has been there. I know he was there with Atlanta as a rookie, but you know, some of these other players, Gordon, it, it means something. It, it does. It really does. Yeah, uh, look, and it's it, it certainly beats the alternative during the season, right? I mean, mm-hmm. to be playing for something, and if you wanna if you wanna present the case that hey, you're Leon Rose, and we're 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 putting something together here. Yes, we're still waiting for the big piece. We the at some point we're gonna have to land that, but if you can get back into the playoffs somehow this year. I don't know. I think that that's it's certainly better than what was here before they got here. Again, we ran down the numbers last night. They were they had to be averaging 50 losses a season. Yeah. So I'm not telling you it's great. I would like to have thought that three years in we would have been a little further along. Mm -hmm. But it's it's not as bad as it has been and not that long ago either. And I think it's important for them to bounce back from last year. Yes. And to have yep. to have some kind mm-hmm. of postseason play in, playoff, mm-hmm. whatever it is, because it was so bad. I mean, listen, you know, once again, he's got flaws to his game. We could sit here and go through them chapter and verse. But Julius Randle's got what? A bunch of 30 point guys. What did I hear the stat? He's got as many 30 point games so far this season as he had all of last season. So he's playing better. And you can see the difference. And obviously, Jalen Brunson gives him that spark. He realizes he's got some help. It's not all on him, Gordon. And R.J. Barrett will come along. He'll eventually you know, be more consistent and add to the party. And so that's what you're looking for right now is, is okay, we're, we're trying to see where we are. We're, 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 we matter. We're not a laughing stock right now. We're competitive. We're entertaining. And as we'll continue to be this way as we try to – you know, improve on the fly because that's what they're doing. They're not. They're not trying to go. You know, they're they're not trying to tank forever. They're mm-hmm. trying to do it on the fly and be entertaining and impact the house. And so far, they you know, like games like tonight, help them do that. Yeah, and the seven years before Leon Rose and Tibbs took over, they had seven straight losing seasons. Yeah. Ugh. Oh boy. And it wasn't even close. It was, no. it, was, it certainly was not forty and forty-two. No, it was not. <laughs> No, no, no. It, it was it was over early. Yep, <laughs> it Absolutely. was over early. Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas. He's next on ninety eight seventy ESPN. Hey, Trey, fellas, fellas. I appreciate you taking my call. Always, y'all know that. Um, I told Joe, who does a great job, the whole staff does a great job. I told Joe, I said, I, 
I saw him bringing up the ball. I saw him bringing the ball up the floor, and I pulled out the old composition notebook, Larry, and I started tallying that. Facts. I started tallying every time this man got the ball off the break and didn't. And 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 I'm I'm gonna put I'm gonna put forty percent on Brunson, man. Call for the outlet. I, I watch him nonchalantly run up the floor like, yeah, you got it, man. As a point guard, you are the general on the floor. I'm talking Sherman Douglas. I'm talking Mark Jackson in '88. Mm-hmm. I'm talking Fidel three up the highway in in Philly when he used to run the show when Mo Cheeks got tired. Larry, you feel what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah, I do. I, I, I got I, it. I, this is what you. I, but 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 be that as it may, we got to win tonight. That's I ain't it. gonna kill the. I ain't gonna kill the man too hard. We got a hard fought win. We yep. fought back, and, and there's something that we don't normally do. Mm-hmm. It's something that I want to. I, I, I don't want to see a lot of it because that means that we're behind a lot. But I think that when the Knicks play that way, they're more successful because those big leads they dwindle. If we could be up 35 in the fourth quarter with three minutes left, Larry, and I still feel crazy about the game. Yeah, I know, you know because they're, they're they're inconsistently inconsistent. They're still yes. young, and, and and I agree with you, and I agree with what G said, too. We should be further along, but I'm okay with where we are right now. I, I know it sounds crazy, but I'm okay with where we are. If we wouldn't have lost those last four before we before tonight, if we wouldn't have lost those, man, we were, we were sitting pretty good. We were like 23 and 19, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're sitting pretty good. So we got – we I. I think these if some of, not the Mitchell Rob, Robinson in, uh, injury so much, but some of the some of the things that are happening to this team that that's good to get Jericho some more burn because I think yes. that that kid is he is super athletic, Larry. I see him playing Texas. He's super athletic. So we got that's something that we got to we got to cultivate that and get that out there more. But I, I mean, Tibbs is doing what he can with what we got, man. And mm-hmm. now these cats are starting to come up lame a little bit. So now everybody else gonna get some burn too, except Fournier, man. I'm good on him. And I heard he wants to stay and everything. Yeah, I like New York too, but. You got, you got me bent like a pretzel, homeboy. You're done playing here. You're done. That's a wrap. But uh, by and large, the game was good tonight, and I like the way they fought back. And I I, I agree with Uncle Spike as well. It, they 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 nerve they they unnerve you. But this is what we got, man. So mm-hmm. we got to live with it. And and yo, shout out to Randall, man, because I I tallied up to six six times he brought that ball up the floor, and one more time, I'm telling you, I was getting me a flight. I no, me a flight. Don't we do- got talk. Trey, I'm going to tell you something, man, and thanks for the phone call. Don't waste your money coming up here. It's not going to change. <laughs> You're just wasting your money. Unless you come by to see Gordon and I. That's, that's different. But if you yeah. come by to talk to Randall about bringing the ball up, man, it's not going to change. Here we go. Yeah. It's not going to change. I don't think that's going to change. And you know? it's weird because, like, when we got Brunson, you figured, all right, we got our point guard. And he's been fantastic. Has indeed. But he hasn't really been what you think of. Like, when we got him, you thought, all right, now the offense is going to flow. And there are mm-hmm. times when it does, but mm-hmm. it's still a lot of Randall holding the ball, which you did not think that when we got him that that was going to be the case. And it always seems to be, Gordon, at a time when you really need a basket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it it's does. not like It's not like early in the game when you thought, oh, it's okay, let him handle it. It's always, he'll give it up there. It's always like, no, you're going to, dri- no. And you see and you see the double team coming, Gordon. You know it's coming. Yes. No. And then it comes. Or he'll dribble into it. And you're just like, oh, no, no, no. But once again, they won tonight, so everything's good.
Hey, this season marks the 50th anniversary of New York Islanders hockey, and to help celebrate, we're giving away tickets to the January 28th matchup against the Vegas Golden Knights at the UBS Arena. To enter, download the free ESPN New York app, then scroll down the contest, submit your entry, and it's brought to you by the New York Islanders. Join in on the fun this season by grabbing your tickets at NewYorkIslanders.com. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. We'll talk Jets, Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson. Huh. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, would you come on the show if you were a former player? We were, we were cool like that. We were teammates. Would you come on my show? Of course. You know who called my show out of the blue on Saturday? Omar. No. No, oh. no, no we're not going to hear. Leonard Marshall. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Wow. Leonard Marshall just had a, you know, everybody was hyped up for the Giants. We're talking a lot of Giants on Saturday. And and someone called up and said that they were Leonard Marshall. I'm like, how am I going to prove that this was Leonard Marshall? So I, I brought him, and it was very obvious right away he, it was Leonard Marshall. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, no, wow. to, to answer your question, yes, absolutely I would I would call your show. You're a good, you're a good dude, man. Well, I you don't are. know about that, but I would definitely call your show. <laughs> well, in that case, well, as far as that's concerned, for me, you're a good dude. <laughs> all right. Well, that's, that's all it takes, and that's all it takes. <laughs> so that's Aaron, that's Aaron Rodgers on Zach Wilson. And, uh, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers was the topic of conversation on this station a lot. Here's Mike Tannenbaum. He was on with Bart and Han, and he was asked, would you bring in Aaron Rodgers to be quarterback of the Jets, and how would you do it? What I would do? I would talk about let's not worry about the next year of Aaron Rodgers' career. Let's worry about the next 50. And we're going to make sure that every week you're beating on somebody very notable in the world of finance, business, media, Wall Street. You know, this is the capital of the world. And we will have you, you know, I don't care if it's at the freaking United Nations one week with heads of state or if you want to meet with Jamie Dimon, the CEO of J.P. Morgan or the heads of you know, major media companies. But every Tuesday will be an investment in the next 50 years of your life. And no place on earth could do that better than the New York Jets. Uh, is he going to have time to study, study the playbook? Yeah, I mean, shouldn't <laughs> the goal be to win a Super Bowl? Like, where, where does the Super Bowl winning come about? Well, he's trying to allure to Rodgers' idea. Does that work? I mean, does I that know. pitch work anymore? I don't know. I don't know. He thinks it will. I, like, he thinks it might. Like, if, it, if that pitch works, shouldn't we be knocking it out of the park with free agents every single year and all the teams and all the sports? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I just think that maybe there's something that you figure that that's what Aaron Rodgers is looking to, that he wants you know, investments and stuff like that of that nature. But I tell you what, on the Michael K show, Chris Candy stopped by and he says if he was the Jets, he wouldn't want Aaron Rodgers. I think what Green Bay is asking is too much, and I think Aaron Rodgers is passing. I mean, when you look at the metrics this year, I mean, he's 24th in completion percentage above expected. He was 26th in QBR. And the four-game win streak at the end of the season, guys, I'm just not impressed. I mean, you beat the Chicago Bears. They have the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. You turn around and you beat the L.A. Rams. They punted on the season starting Baker Mayfield. You beat the Miami Dolphins, whose quarterback may or may not have been concussed and threw three interceptions in the fourth quarter. And you beat the Minnesota Vikings, and that's a team that got bounced in the first round at home to the Giants. And here's the coup de grace to it all. You had a win and end situation 
situation, week 18 at home against the division rival, and you couldn't get it done. Not only that, Aaron Rodgers' offense was only able to engineer 16 points, and you turned the ball over twice. I don't see Aaron Rodgers having a renaissance in his age 40 season in 2023. I just don't see it. And if you're going to fork over multiple draft picks, multiple first-round draft picks for a quarterback this offseason, if I were the Jets, I would look in Lamar Jackson's direction before I look at Aaron Rodgers. What do you think, Gordon? Well, look, if I can get if I can get <laughs> Lamar Jackson, that's a conversation to have, but there's been nothing that I've seen so far that makes me believe that Lamar Jackson is leaving the Baltimore Ravens. It seems pretty clear that if Aaron Rodgers plays football next year, he will be playing someplace else. Mm-hmm. And if my options are Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr or 46-year-old Tom Brady, I know which guy or, or Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield – I know which guy is atop that list, and it's clearly Aaron Rodgers. It's amazing to me. Aaron Rodgers is over the hill. When the Mets uh, brought in Justin Verlander, who's older, <laughs> and granted, he's coming off an amazing season. Yes. Oh, he's going to be, oh, this what a deal. What a fantastic deal. We got Justin Verlander. But now Aaron Rodgers, in his age 40 season, done. Is, is done, is, is washed up. <laughs> can't can't do it. And I would think – if you're telling me that the pieces are going to be back for the Jets that they have, I think that those pieces are better than the pieces he had in Green Bay. He might want to bring a couple of tackles with him. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the offensive line still needs to get get uh, get taken care of. And but otherwise, you're right. He's yeah. got better. He's got more depth at receiver, clearly, and he's got a better running back. He's mm-hmm. got a better running back group. He's got a better group. So, uh, and he might have, and and I think. Whoever the coordinator is, he'll get along better than he does with his head coach. <laughs> well, th- th- the thing I like about him coming in here is he's the guy. He- he's going to tell you how to do it because mm-hmm. you have not figured out how to do it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, now, and maybe if, he if Brady were a few years younger, I'd be open to that. I just don't think he's ever going to come to the Jets. No, he's not coming to the Jets. But I think you need somebody who's going to tell you, okay, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I- I'm the expert here. You, And that's why the uh, the article they had in The Athletic today about the 10 things that the Jets have to do, mm-hmm. I-, I don't know. Maybe they're saying – maybe uh, Zach Rosenblatt is-, is saying it's in no particular order. But putting the, the finding the right offensive coordinator first, I'm sorry, that's not the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Clearly, the first three things is finding the right quarterback. Yep. That's the most important thing. Yep. Everything else is secondary. That's right. And trading for Derek Carr was sixth on that list. Yeah, too far I, down. I, I, <laughs> too and far that's down. another thing. I don't think uh, – look, I, I'm not going to tell you I'm a salary cap expert, but the things that I've seen and read and heard and, and watched, it seems like it's going to be very difficult for the Raiders to be able to trade him. Mm-hmm. The amount of things that they'll have to do in a short period of time. Yeah. And even from his point of view, he has a no-trade clause. Why would he accept a trade anywhere where the team that he is going to – will have to give up draft picks, which will then weaken the team mm-hmm. he is going to. Yeah, you're right. If I'm I him, get I, I wait for them to cut me, and then I don't have to worry about a no-trade clause. I can go where I want, and I can get a new contract and new guaranteed money and all that type of stuff. And they got to do this in like a couple of weeks. Right. They have to do it in a very short period of time. So I think I don't think he's getting traded. At least the people that he, you know, I've heard. I'm pretty sure Adam Schefter has said this. I'm sure uh, maybe Jay Glazer has said it as well that, that he's likely not going to get traded. That it's going to end up being a situation where he gets cut and then he can go to whatever team he wants. And that's what if you're the Jets, that's what you should do because you really can't afford to give up draft choices because well, you, you have a lot more not things. to right. But you if know. you if you find somebody who is going to be a different like to me, Derek Carr is okay. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't know. I mean, he had a lot of talent. He might have more talent in Vegas than he has with the with the Jets. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Josh Jacobs had an unbelievable season. He had he a did. better season than Saquon had. Yeah, it's true. And Devontae Adams. I mean, we all know about yeah. Devontae Adams and the tight end is sensational. Mm-hmm. And, and they couldn't do anything. Yeah. With a uh, Super Bowl future Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, well, I don't know. About <laughs> I sense a little bit of sarcasm there. <laughs> I don't know. That just maybe just a touch. Derek Carr to me, I don't know. That just it just. I think that more Jet fans would be on board with the Rodgers thing if the Brett Favre thing never happened. Mm-hmm. But you have to keep in mind the Jets were eight and three with Favre. That's right. Until he got hurt, they were until rolling. he got hurt, they were rolling. You know. And I think that they had beat, they had like just come off like a, I think they beat Tennessee and somebody else, and they were good wins. Yeah. They beat New England. Beat New, that was right. They beat, I think maybe they beat New England first, and then they beat uh, the Titans after that. Mm-hmm. And then he got hurt, it all kind of imploded. And that's, yeah. that's part of the deal when you, you have an older quarterback. So that is, that is an issue. But mm-hmm. to me, you, you have to find a quarterback. You got to solve it here for a little while. And, and to me, no part of the decision that I am making has anything to do, be it offensive coordinator, be it quarterback, with anything focused on Zach Wilson. But if you are, if, if the Jets are being honest and they really want to get the best out of Zach Wilson, what better way to get the best out of Zach Wilson than maybe having him finally be reached by the guy who is his idol? Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm not saying the odds are great. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not saying the odds are great of that happening, but they're better than what they've tried so far. What they've tried so far has been a complete flop. Yeah, it has not worked whatsoever. Has not worked. And one other thing that I just have for the Jet fans, I'm just wondering. Mm -hmm. Because I always hear the Jet fans say, well, the Jets have an elite defense. Their defense is elite. It's a playoff defense. I heard during the year it's a Super Bowl defense. When you watched... The Niners and and Cowboys game. For the people who think the Jets' defense is elite, do you think that the Jets' defense looked like those two defenses? No, because those two defenses looked elite. Yeah, no. They and don't. to me, there's a big difference between those defenses and your defense. But I just wonder, in the Jet fans' eyes, do they think their defense? Oh, that's what our defense looks like. Because it doesn't look that way to me. Well, it's a it, it's it's a playoff. It's a championship defense compared to the way it was. <laughs> to the it's Jets a fans. vastly improved defense with some really signature pieces in Quinn and Williams and Sauce Gardner. Absolutely. Yep. So but, it's a better defense. It is not a championship defense yet because championship defenses, Gordon, get off the field on third down. And they don't let you down in two games that you have to have. No. They rise to the kid. They find a way to get turnovers mm-hmm. and, and so it's a better defense. It's it it and they need and and once again they're gonna make some adjustments because everybody's not coming back from that defense. Everybody's not yeah. coming back. They got to restructure some folks. You know, you read what uh, Rosenblatt was saying today, Zach. You you know, they got they got some ju- adjustments they got to make. They got some salary decisions. Carl you know? Lawson, yeah, Buddha's yeah. favorite guy. That's Buddha's favorite guy. Yep, yep. Carl Carl Reggie White Lawson, <laughs> yeah, as Buddha calls him. You know, so that's that. They've got some things they got to do. So um, you know, we'll see what happens. But the first thing they got to do is get a quarterback. They got to fi- they got to figure out even before they get him who's who are we going after mm-hmm. and can we get that guy and and yeah. and get that guy in here because if they don't fix that <laughs> don't bother yeah. <laughs> don't bother and yeah, this and is going to be an issue it, it, this is this is the this is, like this is what your your decision 
your career might be riding on this decision. No question about it. Because no question about and, it. And if you're asking me, like, okay, you got to make the right call here. We got to make the playoffs next year, mm-hmm. and the quarterback is the biggest decision. And if we don't get that right, you might very well be out of a job. I'm not banking that on Derek Carr. I'm sorry. Hmm. hmm. If 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 my first couple of options are gone, yeah. You know, okay. T- you tell me there's no Lamar Jackson coming. Right. We can't get Brett Favre. He does. Uh, Brett Favre. I, we don't want Aaron Rodgers. He's not coming here. Right. Tom Garoppolo? Brady is not a possibility. Gar- you take? Would you take Garoppolo over Carr or Carr over Garoppolo? <sighs> I, it, it's it's almost like one of those things where Garoppolo, I think, is the safer. He has the safer floor, but Carr has the bigger ceiling. Mm-hmm. I think I might probably go. <sighs> Car plays though. Garoppolo yeah. always gets hurt. So that's the thing. That's, yeah, that's, I probably would go line. with Car. Yeah. yeah, he hasn't missed a game in a while. <laughs> he, he, he well, plays. until they benched him, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is not exactly a great sign. Uh, that's not good either. No. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We'll continue the conversation with you on ninety eight seven ESPN. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Lots of, lot of stuff there. Boy, yeah. Well, listen stuff. listen to Rick and Dave. Listen That's to it. Bart and Han. And then listen mm-hmm. to the K Show. You'll get it. That's all you you'll, you'll do. find your way. Right. You'll find your way. And maybe you'll get paid for your knowledge. That'll Absolutely. Be that would be nice. That'd be great. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 9870 ESPN 1-800-919-3776. Gordon, this, the, uh, the list of OCs in this article in The Athletic today are interesting to me. Candidates for the OC. Uh, Samini, when I spoke with him on Sunday, uh, seemed to think t- from his standpoint that he thought um, the guy who was with the Jets before um, would be a possibility. Who was that? Um, O'Shea? Yeah. No, O'Shea was with the no, Dolphins, the, I know. Yeah. Oh. Say again, Joe? No, not Anthony Lynn. Uh, he was here when. Um, oh gosh. Oh, Bill Callahan. Was the coach. No, Callahan turned it. Was it d- declined it? Oh, okay. He declined it. Yeah, he was here. He was the old line coach during the yeah. uh, Rex. He years. was good. Yeah, he was, I liked he was him. outstanding. Yeah, is <laughs> what he was. He was very good. Um, I forgot who he was, but he was he was like quarterback coach when um, Todd Bowles was here. De Filippo. No, it wasn't De Filippo. But but is it? No, no, I don't think it was Joe Brady. It'll no. come to me. It'll come to me. It'll come to me. Here's the uh, thing. I, yes. When when they get somebody, I don't want to hear this guy was uh, the tight ends coach. I don't want to hear that this guy was the passing game coordinator. I want somebody, if I were a Jet fan, I would want somebody who has done this before, who has 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 been in this role and has had success in this role I don't want any first-timers. The Jets have had enough first-timers. Let's get somebody who has done this before. And uh, I don't know why Frank Reich is not on the list, I guess. He's not on the list yet because um, he's trying to be a head coach again. So I don't I get think that. he's, yeah, so I don't mm-hmm. think he's, you know, he's throwing his hat into the ring. I'm sure they've reached out to him, but he hasn't, uh, you know, made that step yet. He hasn't made that step yet. Um, to be honest, though, 
Gordon, I think the only person, because I had that conversation once again with Samini on Sunday, I think the only person is that fits that, that bill is Nathaniel Hackett. That's the only one that served of the people they're yeah, talking that, to. That, that's, not, that's not good. You know, that, yeah. Marcus really... Brady was an offensive coordinator for the Colts at one time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I need somebody who's done that before. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I can't. I can't go with first-time guys. Like, the, do you realize what's riding on this? Now, again, yeah. if you're telling me you're getting the tight ends coach from someplace because you know you're getting a veteran guy and this and whoever that offensive coordinator has a good connection with the quarterback that you're getting. Mm-hmm. But ju- and, and again, I don't think that the, the offensive coordinator is nearly as important as everybody's making it out to be. I'd much right. rather get whoever the quarterback right, get that part of it yep. right, Absolutely. and then everything else will uh, will take care of itself. Yep, everything else will find its place. Mm-hmm. You hope. You hope. <laughs> better, yep, better, that's the way it goes. Better light a candle. Yeah, because uh, you know things have not gone well previously, but it just. It it just seems as though that you would at this. I agree with you, and that was my comments. That was my thought process. We've tried it with the hot young coordinator. It hasn't worked for us. Maybe it works for other teams. It hasn't worked for us. Give me uh, right now. I'm ready to go with veteran guys. I, I need I need a veteran guy who's done this. You know, and and because you know if I'm if I'm Robert Sala, my career's riding on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if Absolutely. he if he can't find a way to get this offense going, no matter what I do with the defense. Okay, and and I did. If I'm Robert Sally, here's what I'm saying: I I improved my defense substantially, and I still didn't get to the postseason because we didn't score enough points. So, what I need to do is I need to find somebody that knows how to put points on the board, and especially in the red zone. Gordon, this team is awful in the red zone. They're awful. Yeah, and um, let's let's not uh, let uh, Joe Douglas go because no, no, I mean the owner came out and said I'm willing to spend. For right. the quarterback, which is the missing piece. Yep. So it's on him to go find the missing piece. That's right. That's right. Otherwise, he's been here longer. Otherwise, he'll be looking for finding yeah, missing pieces be, elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you can't. It, it's very simple. It's it's real simple. This is a production business. You got to produce to keep these jobs. It's, it's not a lot of them. It's only 32 of them. And if you want to ha- keep yours, you got to go out and you have to produce. And, you know, this it's and see what makes it worse is you're you're in this position because of the second the, the oh, it's number two pick that you drafted mm-hmm. has not performed. So yep, now absolutely. it's a double edged sword. That, absolutely. That's strike one right there. That's what kills you because mm-hmm. your guy hasn't hasn't answered the bell. I mean, could you imagine they don't? Uh, and again, there's a path where they could improve next year, and I guess miss the like if they won nine games and just missed out on the playoffs, maybe they could get a, a reprieve if you felt like okay though. But you know, we're still a really young team outside of quarterback. But anything short of that, I, I think you you have to be looking at ten wins next year. I think. Um, Gordon, it, it would be it would they'd have to put forth an unbelievable presentation to keep their jobs, because it would be another year that they haven't been in the postseason, and it's just too many years that have gone by. That I mean, would be thirteen 20, years. Yeah, you, can, you, you thirteen you can't years, Larry. You can't do it. You, you can't. I, I got it. If I'm the owner, I got to have my team in the postseason. <laughs> I'm spending money. It's not like he's not paying money here. Yeah, okay, he's he's spending money, 
and they're not getting it done. So, you know, uh, no, they, no I, I got to see some results. I got to see some results. But, they, you know, they got to get to the postseason, especially after what you did this year and just folded with six straight losses at the end of the season. Oh, yeah, no, it couldn't get worse. When you, were, when you were seven and four and headed toward the playoffs, mm-hmm. no, you got to get there. You got to get there next year. So there's no question about it. You got to get there. We'll continue the conversation on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, it's Kevin Petullo. He is now the quarterback's coach in down in Philly. That no, was no. the person that no, no. Um, no, no. Th- that was no. the person that uh, Ritzamini was saying, and also it's in the article, uh, the article in the Athletic too, that people in the building really in the Jets building. There's according to this article, they love him. Mm. Um, so I don't know. Once again, Hackett is really the only person who's been in OC previously, and of course. If they lean towards him, maybe that means they're leaning towards Rodgers. Maybe because they yeah. have worked together. Yeah, you know that's that's important. Mm-hmm. You would like somebody to have a good relationship with the offensive coordinator. Although uh, I don't know if Rodgers has a good relationship with anybody. <laughs> yeah, he does seem like a weird guy. I was looking, Larry. I think the Jets right yeah. now yes. have the ninth longest playoff drought in NFL history. And the and the and what is it? All the, time. All time. All time. The all-time record for playoff droughts. Now, this goes back a ways, and it's completely different because the amount of teams that were making the playoffs right. back then. But 25 yes. years, the St. Louis Cardinals and the Washington Redskins. 25 okay. years. The, for Cardinals, it was 49-74. to 74. Washington, 46-71. to 71. If you're talking more recently, yes. if you're talking since the, it's more of our time, the Cleveland Browns and the Buffalo Bills both went 17 years without making the playoffs. Wow. Browns went uh, 2003 to 2020. Mm-hmm. The Bills went 2000 to 2017. You know. It's creeping you, up there. When you consider that Cleveland had Jim Brown, they really have not. They haven't really done a lot. Bernie Kosar in the 80s, mm-hmm. they really have not. They've had not had a lot of success, Gordon. Well, think about the Lions. The Lions. I know, I know. They've had one worse. play. They've had one playoff win since I've been watching football, Larry. One, and even that was like ninety-one. It's oh, a long time ago. It's a long. You would think time. at some point they have to be on the list. If you had, if you did a list of the worst owners in all of sports, the Lions have to be they're, they're, have to be up there. There's no way you can be this bad at something if you're trying oh. to be good at it. I know. It's tough. It's hard to be that bad. It and it's funny. Work. Anytime you hear about owners, oh, you know, they really want to win. You'll hear people that worked for, oh, mm. you know, they really want to win. Do they really want to win? Do they really? In 50 years, you couldn't win a playoff game. They just don't know how. They can't figure yeah, it out. I mean, Larry, you could make me uh, a nuclear physicist. In 50 years, I would start putting <laughs> some stuff together. <laughs> You know, I mean, at some point you would start to say, you know what, maybe we got to do that. Maybe we got to do something different. I mean, they're not, it's supposed to be a copycat league and they're not even copying anybody. <laughs> they're copying themselves. <laughs> Failure every single year. Oof. It's bad. Chris That's- is in Manhattan. What's up, Chris? Good evening, Larry. Gordon, can you guys hear me all right? We got you, Chris. We got you. All right. All right. It's good to talk to you. I know you're on limited time, so I'm going uh, to shoot this quick. I need your opinion. Hot topic uh, um, with my people in uh, 
Jets uh, Twitter acquisition of a quarterback uh, for the New York Jets. Okay, um, basically there were two the, the two top scenarios: mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, and we're considering what you you know salary the salary that you're going to have to pay for him, uh, pay him um, draft consideration and the length of the, the contract because now if it's let's say you have him on three year three year deal all right and let's say you're probably going to have car let's say on a four to five year deal in years four and five year question mark as to who your quarterback is going to be all that said who is your first option Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr for the New York Jets for me it's easy it's Aaron Rodgers even with Rodgers being diminished, even with Rodgers being, you know, playing at 40 next year, to me it's not even close. Uh, even even at his reduced rate and his lowered production, mm-hmm. he was still better than Carr this year. Yeah, I know. And I would say Carr had more, had more uh, talent around him than Rodgers did. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Because I'm, and then once again, and, and I was being a little sarcastic before, but Gordon, I mean, you know, McDaniel's supposed to be really good at, at, at you know, offense mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. look what he was able to do up in New England. He only had, he didn't have to worry about the rest of the team. All he had to do was worry about the offense. And that offense was not that good. They and, weren't and that Carr's, good. And Carr's time there, they, they, he's always passed for a lot of yards. He's had a good completion percentage, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really result in touchdowns. Mm hmm. Like I think He's his good season high in touchdowns was in 2016. Yeah, let me yeah. see. 2016, he was 28 and six, 28 touchdowns, six interceptions. But every other year, it's like 23 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. This mm-hmm. year, 24 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. And here's the thing: maybe it's possible that Rodgers is done. He's shot. He can't play anymore. And you get him, and it's a failure. Well, then it, it's a short-term failure. With Carr, you could he could be kind of competent. I think at his best, he's kind of like Kirk Cousins, where yeah, he's okay, mm. he's competent, he can play the position at a certain level, but he's never going to take you anywhere. Yeah, and it's possible Rodgers won't either. But at least Rodgers has done it, and and has not done it that long ago. Carr's never done it. He's thirty three next year, thirty two next year. Yeah. Yeah, but I do think see the part that I like about your your decision with Rodgers is somebody needs to come somebody needs to be on this team that has won something. Yes. And there's nobody here that knows we we talk a lot Gordon and I know I do. Probably the audience is like, "Oh god, here we here he goes again." But we talk a lot about knowing how to win and learning how to win, right? And when nobody knows what that what that takes especially from a player's standpoint, it's hard to know how to win. Like, it, it's hard to know. You you don't know. You go out there, you go do what the coaches tell you, but it's little things, Gordon, that make a difference. And even though it's been a while since Aaron Rodgers has won, he's won. He's got hardware. So you need somebody to come in here and say, okay, no, let's do it this way. Look at it like this. If you brought in Adam Gase and gave him the keys to the kingdom, Okay, and let yeah. him run things. He was running things. He brought in who you later chose as your GM. Mm. Okay, then you mean to t- he hadn't won anything? You mean to tell me that Aaron Rodgers 
is not a better move for you to make to help you win something. And I get what Canty said. And yeah, that this was not a good year for him. You're absolutely right. But he's been waiting for a pair of wide receivers for about 10 years <laughs> to be good at the same time for him. So I just think, you know, you got to have, you got to have pieces around you. You got to have pieces around you. And he has not had that Gordon. He just hasn't. And he knows how to win. So if it's him over Carr, look, I get it. I get it. If you're telling me Lamar Jackson, yeah, 26, and I got to mortgage my franchise for the future, got it. I'll make that move. But I don't think he's coming. I don't know that he's definitely staying in Baltimore, Gordon, but I don't, th- I don't know that he's coming here. I find it very hard to believe that, that Lamar Jackson is leaving there and saying, you know what, I'm signing with the Jets. Yeah. I mean, there's no connection there at all. At least for Rodgers – you know they're going to want to trade him outside of the conference. There's right. Not as we listed, there's not that many teams in the AFC that are looking for quarterbacks and are anywhere close to winning. Mm-hmm. So to me, that makes a little bit more sense. Now, if you're telling me Lamar Jackson wants out and it's and it's just about money, well, okay, shoot off the shoot the locks off the wallet and, and mm-hmm. get prepared and, and play Powerball and everything else. But yeah, I need to see a little bit more evidence. I think he's staying in Baltimore. Yeah, I think so too. I think so as well. All right, my friend, be good on the radio tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow night following Rangers hockey. All right, Larry, thanks. Uh, We'll talk to you tomorrow night. All right, that sounds good. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York tonight. We thank you for joining us. Harvey Joe, outstanding job as always. Up next, it's Freddie Fitzsimmons. They'll talk Hall of Fame and NFL next on 98.7 ESPN New York.